You know, we're beginning as a church um, into a new sermon series this week, and it's called At the Movies. And week by week in our morning gatherings, we're going to be looking at different films, and we're going to be um, seeing kind of some of the themes that we can draw out of them, and, and actually how within those movies we can see kind of what's going on in our world as well, and how we might be speakers of truth and life and the gospel. In our evening gatherings, we're considering the return of Jesus, his second coming, and, and how the end of all things might play out. So I'd encourage you to come along in our evenings as well. And as you've heard already from Berenice, uh, we have this Korean prayer uh, mission team joining us this week, which I'm thoroughly excited about. And they're going to be based in here, praying here. They're going to be going to other schools and community groups and churches around the area as well, because we want the blessing just to kind of spread out right across the world, don't we? Come on, amen. And uh, it's going to be a very exciting week. Do make sure you're here on Thursday night. Don't say, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. You don't have to do anything. You have to be with Jesus. Come on. I know that sounds a little aggressive. But Jesus said just one thing is necessary. You know, Mary chose a better way. How about us? Come on. We could live our whole lives being Martha's. And there'd be plenty of good things in that. But there's something more for you. There is something more for you. You need to take a Mary moment this week. You do. You do. And if it's Thursday, Thursday, fantastic. But every evening, why not? Every evening, why not? Hey, you'll be, your body will be knackered by the end of it, but your spirit will be alive in new ways. Can the pastor say knackered? I don't know. I said it twice now. I'm not sure. Um, we're going to move on. Uh, this morning, before we come around communion, as we close and invite the grace of God, we're going to be considering the first in our films. And it is, uh, I don't know whether I've given the game away. Um, with various things on the stage, but it's Avengers Endgame. And I thought it was Toy Story, sorry. No, that is next week. Heads up. I know, um, I know, I know there are some people, something happened. I didn't do anything, I promise. It wasn't me. Um, it, it was uh, Captain America. Um, I know some people, yesterday they were going to go and see the movie because they're like, Pastor Greg is not spoiling this for me. And uh, they were, if you've not seen the movie, it's been out for ages. What have you been playing at? Um, I, I, went, I went this week. Um, I actually got to take study time to go and do that. Hallelujah. Does anybody want my job? Uh, it's all right. Next week, in all seriousness, Toy Story 4, when the children are in with us. So if you've not yet seen it, you want to get going. <laughs> I know that's only just come out, but apparently Pastor Karen, she doesn't really care. Um, so you're on your own. Um, and we're going to have other movies as we go. I'm going to draw out some great themes. I think we let's show, can we show that trailer? Let, let's watch this trailer. This is exciting. It was exciting, wasn't it? Eh? I know we, show, we normally show kind of inspirational scripture videos on, on the screen, but I'm feeling pretty pumped. Um, as the Holy Spirit is in this place, amen. Uh, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Now, uh, as I've already mentioned, massive spoiler alerts this morning. So don't blame me. You saw this coming. It's going to happen. Um, now, I, I was saying to folks that I was going to go and watch this movie because I needed to prepare to share the word of God with you. Um, this, I, I love you people. I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, and, they, and some of the young people who know far more about this than me, they said, have you seen all the other movies? 
And I said, I've seen about three or four of them. I don't know, something like that. And they were like, no, you can't. You can't go. And I'm like, who are you telling me why? <laughs> so I, I, I did go online and I did research. I actually researched the movie before I went because I hadn't actually seen Infinity War. <gasps> they say confession's good for the soul, don't they? God loves me. Um, but just to recap a little bit of how we find ourselves in this Avengers Endgame. And... Uh, so at, at the end of Infinity War, Thanos, let me know if, if I lose you at any point in this, but here we go. Have I lost you already? Okay. Yeah, good. All right. Thanos, he's the baddie. All right. Okay, good. He, uh, is he a, he's a destroyer of worlds, and um, he's been trying to accumulate these infinity stones and, uh, and, and to get this infinity gauntlet together, um, and he has this terrible desire to wipe out half of life in the universe. Am I getting this right? Yeah, okay, good, excellent. So far, so good. And then at the end of the previous movie, there comes this moment, despite the best efforts of the Avengers, that he gets to do what is called the snap. And it's a little cheesy, to be honest, because he just clicks his fingers. But because of all this Infinity Stone gauntlet thing, he does half of life in the known world is gone. And all of this sets the scene for the premise, for the burning question of Avengers Endgame. What if half the world was lost in a moment? It's the final blockbuster, or so we were told, in the uh, Marvel sequence. It's the final one until the next final one. That's how it works, isn't it? And then the next final. And it has been hugely popular, obviously. It's been described as the culmination of an ambitious story arc encompassing 22 movies that Marvel Studios began planning 14 years ago. Some of you weren't even alive, were you? <laughs> um, Endgame brings the plan to its final conclusion. It may possibly be the most highly anticipated movie ever produced. <gasps> I know. Some of you with slightly grayer hair are looking at me like, really? <laughs> but there you go. Honestly, it is a thrilling film. And it's surprisingly moving. Prior to watching it this week, I joked with, with the others that I didn't need to see the previous films because basically every single superhero film is the same film. Um, I know, is that heresy? I'm not, yeah, it is heresy apparently. But it kind of is. They're all pretty much... No, I've really lost you all that. Okay, but I was joking about this. But there I was, me and two other couples in the cinema. It's been out a while. I went in the middle of the day. Um, but there, there we were. And I was watching it. But because I was thinking, genuinely, Greg, this is work. You need to pay attention. And, and so I was, you still don't believe me, do you? But I, I was watching it. And you know, I was preaching the gospel to myself as I was watching this movie and weaving together these themes as I was watching the film. And you know, it got to the end. And we are probably going to spoil the end. So, you know, got, and, and I was kind of choking back the tears. You knew I was an emotion. Oh, not, me, not just me. It was you too. Okay, good. There were at least two of us. It, it kind of got to me. Don't shake your head. Lucy and I, we know, what, you know what, we know what it's about. Quite what a 40-year-old man choking back tears at a lunchtime showing, sitting on his own, watching Avengers look like to the others. 
I have no idea, but obviously I have no shame. I've just admitted it to you lot as well. Now, there's all that thrill. There's all that emotion. Come on. I want to contrast that just for one moment with this. Consider the opening words of the New Testament of the Bible. Matthew 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Well, that's just about as exciting as what you've just seen, isn't it? It doesn't sound like it, does it? It doesn't sound very exciting. It doesn't sound very thrilling. I keep on seeing him over my shoulder and wondering which singer is still there. But, uh, it, <laughs> she does have powers. It doesn't sound so exciting that this story should be open for us, this chapter should be open for us with a genealogy, with a family tree. But you know what? These may be the most explosive, thrilling, and exciting words ever written. Do you know, though they're the first words written in the New Testament, they actually hark back and echo to words right at the beginning of your whole Bible. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1, when it begins, the book of the genealogy of Adam. It's the beginning of things. Matthew's words, they're not boring. I'm indebted to a guy called Matt Foreman. He pointed me on to this uh, this week. And th these words are not boring. They're actually incredibly dramatic. And Matthew is here saying that the story of Jesus is an event that actually is the, the crux, the apex of all of human space and time. It not only continues the story of the Bible, but it transforms the story of the Bible and the entire story of humanity into something new. Matthew is beginning his story of good news, his gospel, and signaling to everyone who knows the story that this is the end game of the story of humanity. It's more important than a movie. And do you know what? It wasn't just planned over 15 years. God's been planning this over thousands of generations. God himself weaving this together. So there they are at the beginning of Avengers Endgame. The ones who remain. And they've lost loved ones. But then maybe, just maybe, there seems to be some glimpses at the beginning of some hope. There's this moment of totally unsatisfying revenge that is taken at the start. Revenge is always unsatisfying. It's got not, nothing much to do with justice. But then following this, there comes a little glimmer of hope, a little fresh new shoot in amongst all of the brokenness, decay, and despair. And we find the different characters kind of scattered around. And, and there's Captain America, and he's in some sort of post-traumatic event recovery group, I think. And um, he's advising those around him. He says, take those brave baby steps. Find purpose, because... The world is in our hands. It's a really positive message, isn't it? Contrast that positive reaction with another one of our heroes, Hawkeye. Having lost his family, his life spirals down into a world of darkness and despair. And there he is, practicing vigilante justice and becoming pretty much almost indistinguishable from those he claims to be policing. The question comes, what if half the world was lost 
in a moment. How would you feel? How would you react? How would you live? Would you live with the crushing pain and the seething agony of a Hawkeye? Or would you just kind of move on and grow and make the best of it like Captain America was advising? Or I want to point us towards a third option today as we think about our lives. There is hope. Into this unenviable choice of despair or a kind of get on with it as though nothing has happened, there comes a third way. Now for the Avengers, and, and this is where it kind of gets all a bit sciencey. There's kind of a quantum physics-y kind of time travel-y kind of thingamy what's it that they go into. Uh, I actually have a degree in science. I should do better with that, shouldn't I? But there you go. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? But they kind of get small and they go down little things and they end up somewhere else and all is fine. Did I get that right? Yeah, okay. And um, they, they kind of have this third way. But in the midst of this comes a real big challenge. Iron Man. The one who can figure it all out, he is the real kind of science amazing man, is in a quandary. Because while everyone else around him has lost, 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 he actually has found in this moment of tragedy. And he's found the kind of the comfort and the peace and the family and the home and the rest that he feels like he's always been longing for. And everyone around him is living in brokenness and despair. And they come to him and they say, can you help us? Will he risk what he has for the sake of what so many have lost? You know, it's a really insightful look into what it is to be human. And it's not just for heroes. When the only way of hope will come at great cost and may cost everything. You know, sat in my comfy cinema chair, I got to witness the existential wrangling of our heroes as they faced this incredible choice. And it prompted me to think a little bit about us. We followers of Jesus, we Christians, we church, as we find ourselves in this exact scenario. We find ourselves in a world where half, more even, they're not going to be lost in the snap of fingers. They are lost. And we know this because Jesus said that he came into this world to seek the lost. Truth of the matter is that you and I, we're only found because he found us. We were lost just as truly as someone had snapped us out of existence. We were lost and yet Jesus came and he rescued us. And here we find ourselves, you know, just for a moment you can imagine yourself as a superhero. Anybody want to, yeah, okay. Just have that for a moment. That was my cape going on, in case you were wondering. You know, we imagine ourselves, and we are the, the kind of the keepers, the enablers, the ushers in of this third way. The options for our world are not just hope, not just despair, or kind of pretending like it doesn't happen anyway. There is the way of hope. You and I, we've come into the family of God. And you know, I'm sure in, in some ways, many ways, we have gained some incredible things. And we find ourselves immeasurably blessed in Christ. You know, we're the Iron Man figure. <laughs> and there we are. Everywhere around us may be loss, but we've been found. What are you going to do with it? 
And you don't have to risk your salvation. You don't have to risk the family of God. You don't have to risk all of these things. But you do have to actually count the cost as to what it might be for you to put so much of the rest of your life at risk for the sake of the lost. To say, I might lose everything of my carefully crafted and curated comfort. But are those around me worth it? After initially rejecting the challenge, you know, even making it personal and turning it on the others, Iron Man becomes this key player on what's going to unfold. His wisdom is this. It turns out resentment is corrosive. Is that a word of God for anybody this morning? He was so angry with the circumstances, so angry with those around him. But, do you know, it turns out resentment is corrosive. If you want to step into the fullness of what God has for you, there are going to be things that you have to lay down. But resentment's going to be one of them. Self-pity may be one of them. We lay down these things and we step into what might be. And so the Avengers begin to assemble those scattered, hurting heroes one more time. And they cast a clear and a compelling vision. They're recruiting heroes for a cause. And again, you know, I was just so challenged by this. How do we do as believers and as a church of recruiting gospel witnesses to see men and women saved from sin and saved for glory? You know, we have the most compelling vision of all to seek and save the lost, to see all live life in all its fullness, to be one again with our creator in the perfect peace of his creation. Yet so often we act as though it's just humdrum nonsense. Not so. A clear and a compelling vision. In our response to the call of God to share the gospel in a dry and weary world, do we echo Hawkeye when they finally catch up with him? And they say, and he says, no, don't give me hope. (laughs) Come on. You know, when faced with some of the challenges around you and the promise that God says, actually, I can work my hope through your surrendered life. Are we willing to hear that? Or do we say, actually, oh no, don't give me hope. Leave me in my, leave me in my comfort. Or even leave me in my despair. You know, we can say this to God sometimes. It just seems so hard to take those first steps. It seems so hard to step from what we've known into what might be. But when you hear the call of God, will you respond? Christians, hear the point. Here's the point. We do live in a world where half or more are utterly lost. Yet contrary to the scale of the need, there is hope. And we can hear the call, respond with our lives and with our love, or we can slip into bitterness or into apathy. If you'll respond to the call, here are the words of Captain America for you today. I don't think you'll find them in the Bible. I'm not, I don't think so, no. Here are the words of Captain America for you today. Most of us are going somewhere we know, but that doesn't mean we know what to expect. This is the fight of our lives. Oh, I expected some sort of hurrah at that moment, no? You're not with me on this. Come on. The truth of the matter is, you're going to go away from this building today and you'll be like, I can't believe Pastor Greg ruined that movie for me. But then after that, you're going to go into the places that you're used to 
And you're going to go into your homes and your streets and your places of work and your schools and colleges and you're going to go to the same shops and the, the same places and you're going to go to the same cinema and watch Toy Story 4 before next week. And you're going to do all of these things. Most of us, we're going to be going to places that we know. But come on, how many of us go to them thinking, actually, I'm going to expect something new from God? You know, we just live in such ordinary ways. Come on, Captain America's got a word from God for you today. You're going to the ordinary places, but you're going with an extraordinary God. You're going to places that you know, but don't expect it to be the same and same on same. Don't expect it to be like that. This is the fight of our lives. In conversation with some others who are wanting to kind of invest themselves in this fight this week, I said, come on, recognize this is a fight. It's a fight to live like Jesus. It's a fight to live a holy life when everything around us says, oh, just live the same as everyone else. Or just follow whatever your passion is in the moment. It's a fight to say, I'm going to live to look like Jesus. And it's a fight to say, I'm going to rescue somebody else from their place of, uh, of despair or their place of apathy. And I'm going to bring the message of Christ to them and say, there's hope for you too. This is a fight. Captain America thinks you're up for it. Jesus thinks you're up to it. Come on. Do you recognize that Christ is in you? He is the hope of glory. This fight to bring truth and grace and salvation to those around us. But we're hopeful. We have one who is greater than all the Avengers rolled into one. We have the very author of life fighting for us. For we ministers of the gospel, we may well be heroic from time to time, but he is the hero. And this is so freeing because you don't have to be someone you're not. I don't know about you, but most days I don't wake up feeling very heroic. Anyone else? You all do. Okay. Oh, good for you. Uh, I don't. Uh, most days I wake up earlier than I wanted to and, um, and with less energy than I'd hoped for and facing things that I don't really understand or know what to do about anyway. Does that sound like anyone else's day? Yeah, okay. These things happen to us, don't they? We don't always feel very heroic. Here's another quote for you. Thor's mum. You should always listen to your mum. Okay. Now, Thor's mum, he, he, he said to Thor, she said to Thor this, Everyone fails at being who they're supposed to be. The measure of a hero is how well they succeed at being who they are. Or should I just let that drop for a minute? That was deep, wasn't it? Come on. You know, it's, um, you know, we're being a bit funny, but it's true. You know, we live in a world that says you've got to be this, you've got to be that, you've got to look like this, you've got to do this. This is the measure of success in life. You've got to go there, be this, be with that, you know, do that. Da, 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 da. Everything is so prescribed, but God says, I made you. I made you. And I made you with infinite purpose and promise. And it's not described by some of the shallow labels of this world. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ephesians 2 and verse 10. I hope it's yours too. That in Christ, we are God's workmanship. Some people render it as we are God's masterpiece. Would you look at someone next to you and say, you're a masterpiece? Could you do that? The Bible says that in Jesus, we are God's masterpieces. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works that stop buttering each other up. You've done that now. Move on. Uh, We're created to do good works that he prepared in advance that we might walk in that. You're created with incredible promise. Don't try to be something that God didn't make you to be. Be who he made you to be. It's a fight as well. It's a fight to see things restored, for us to be restored, for those around us to be restored to God's created intent. And in this, the Avengers, they find themselves up against Thanos. Again, I was expecting some sort of da-da-da or something. Yeah, boo. Yeah, that will do us. Yeah, yeah, good. They find themselves up against... Now, he's, he's pretty big, and he's pretty tough, and he's got some skills, and he's got a really big ship with lots of other ships that come out of it and loads of baddies and stuff. I forget what they're called. Uh, yeah, somebody's whispering something, but there you go. Uh, it, looks, it looks pretty ominous, to be honest, whenever this guy arrives on the scene. And do you know, as I was thinking about it, he's actually a really good representation of the devil. Because he, on a number of occasions, as he tries to just enforce his will upon the people and get them just to move on, he says on a number of occasions, I'm trying to kind of eradicate the memory of what was lost. Isn't that the work of the devil in the world today? He's trying to say, no, 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 no. You're not created. You don't have a creator. You're not made with infinite potential. You're not image bearers of God. He said, oh, don't. no, 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 there was no garden. There was no presence of God with his people. There, there was no time when everything was right with God. He's just trying to do away with it and get us to kind of somehow settle into the here and now and just move on, even though half the world is lost. And he seems also to embody the original sin of the devil, of pride. On a few occasions, he has this kind of catchphrase, I am inevitable. That's, that's kind of my parenting style with my kids. It's kind of, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what you throw at me. I, you know, I am inevitable. Pray for my children, would you do that? Um, but as Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 makes plain, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Thanos, he says, in all my years of violence and conquest and slaughter, it's never been personal. But what I'm about to do to your stubborn little planet, I'm going to enjoy it. It's pure evil. And we would do well to recognize that this is the nature of the powers of evil in our world that are seeking that those who are lost will always be lost. And that those of us even who are found will forget why we're here. There'll come a day when evil will be gone. There'll come a day when God makes all things new. There'll come a day when not only are we saved from the penalty of sin and the the power of sin, but we'll even be saved from the presence of sin. Do you want to know how the Avengers kind of do it? Shall I let it out? Yeah, spoiler alert. Well, they kind of reverse what's been done with these same infinity stones and the same kind of infinity gauntlet and, and, and through much kind of battling and all these kinds of troubles and sacrifices and, and, and all this kind of investment, they find themselves in that moment where they can bring back what was lost. And for us, we look to a day 
Not when we kind of get it all together and click our fingers. Because can I tell you, Christian, you're never going to get it all together. And even if you did, if you clicked your fingers, it wouldn't change anything. Can I tell you that? Can we, that there's another a spoiler alert for life. But we look to Jesus. The one who will come, the king into his kingdom. Our hero king is Jesus Christ. Let's go back again to those words of Matthew. This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Jesus, the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is salvation. He is the hope of the world. He is the one, the one for everyone. And he is the Christ. It's not another name. It's a title. It's a promise. He is the Messiah. He's the one anointed by God. Prophet, priest, king. He's the one who is anointed to do away with sin once and for all. And to bring into this world the kingdom of God. Not only that, but Matthew, as he talks about this Jesus, he makes plain that he is the son of David. He is the heir to a line of warrior kings. That sounds filmic, doesn't it? But there he is. He's the culmination, the pinnacle of it all. He is the promised son of David. And not only that, he is also the son of Abraham. He is the ultimate son of promise, of covenant relationship with God. And he is the one who comes with the fullness of promise so that you and I might also be part of the family of God. After Abraham offered up Isaac, In Genesis chapter 22, we find the words of the angel of God to him. By myself I have sworn, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. There's there's cost, isn't it? I will surely bless you, says the angel of God. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Does that sound good to anybody? Just the total overcoming of the enemies of God. The plundering of that kingdom. And the blessings of God outpoured upon everybody. Everybody. You know, we were praying this morning before we started. And I said, we're so blessed as a church. The nations have come to here. We're so blessed. You know, next Sunday night, we're going to be celebrating that, that the nations are here. And we were praying, God, would you pour out your blessing upon these nations? Would you pour out your blessing upon this gathering of the nations? This is the promise of the fullness of God, and it is in Jesus. Do you see why Matthew's opening words may be the most explosive words ever written? Thousands of years come to its fullness in Jesus. This is the most highly anticipated blockbuster event in heaven or on earth. It's the end game. The name that changes everything. And we're beginning the story of humanity under Jesus. Nothing is the same. Everything about humanity hinges on our relationship with him. Your relationship to him, to Jesus. I want to say this morning... If your response to that would be, I don't know whether I have a relationship with Jesus, you can. I don't know whether you've heard him before, but he's been asking you since the moment you were born, can I have a relationship with you? And maybe today you'll hear his invitation and respond. Faced 
with the sheer horror of the tragedy of loss. All the characters in our movie, they're, they're moved to longings, simple longings, really. Longings for family, for friendship, to, for love, to be at home and to be at rest. You know, when your life comes to its close, you're not going to think about business success or financial success. You'll probably think about family and investments that you've made in relationships and people in others. You'll think about those that you have helped add to the family of God. Tony Stark. I'm aware I'm losing you again, aren't I? This Iron Man, uh, for those of you who are unaware about these things. Um, he, he kind of pre-recorded his own eulogy. That's how the kind of movie goes. And he said, when I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. This is a guy, massive business empire. He's not going to dream about that. He's not going to dream about his shiny flying suits that kind of fire things out and do amazing things. No, no, no. It's you. It's the people. It's the love. Earlier, he'd also added, I'm hoping if you play this back, it's a celebration. I hope families are united. But as we finish now, there's a few others of his words that I want to come to as we close. Now, as he's talking in the kind of the, the realization of the costliness of what it is to bring hope to the lost, possibility, healing, he's realizing the cost of this. And he says, you know, one thing I've realized is we are not alone. There are epic forces of light and darkness. That's the world our kids are going to have to grow up in. You can see why I was crying at this, were you? Yeah. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's a fight for the lost. There are epic forces of light and darkness. We are not alone. There's a world that our kids and the kids around us are growing up in. Folks, they're not to be rescued easily without great cost. The cross of Christ makes that devastatingly plain for us. And I want to ask you this morning, what will you give for the cause? Over and over, the Avengers, they set aside chances to linger. They meet once again with, with mom, but then they have to go because there's a need. Or with dad, but they have to go because there's a need. Or with a long lost love, but they have to leave and go because there is a need for the sake of the lost. There's this one scene where Black Widow and Hawkeye, they spent ages trying to give themselves up for the sake of another. They're kind of beating each other up because they want to you know, show how they love each other. It's very strange, but there you go. The cost, the sacrifice, the giving up. And quoting his father, Tony Stark, Iron Man, he said, no amount of money ever bought a second of time. What is your life about? What will you give for the cause? You know, there's one beautiful moment when Iron Man, he embraces Spider-Man. A little bit of context here. Spider-Man's like his protege, almost like a son to him. And he's lost him in the last movie. And it seems like he'd never be back. And, and there this, you know, Iron Man, this kind of incredibly powerful being, just hugs this boy Spider-Man. It's getting me again. It's beautiful. It really is. 
Because what had been lost was restored. Come on, iron men, iron women. <laughs> You've got spider men and spider women in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying here? There are folks in your lives, in your world, and it seems like they're lost. And it seems like maybe there's no hope. But if you'll embrace your place in this with the one true hero, you can embrace them. Embrace them into being found. Embrace them into the family of God. Embrace them into the hope of future. It's worth all the cost. The call is clear. How will you respond? You didn't realize there was so much gospel in movies, did you? Whatever it takes. Did you hear that? You hear that on the trailer? Over and over again. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And I wonder if there are any Christians here who will pray that this morning. Whatever it takes. Tino, Ron, would you come? We're going to come around our table of remembrance.